0: Am I that nuts? Am I really supposed to be talking into this side of it? Did I forget what side of my fucking microphone I'm supposed to be pointed at? Fucking early onset, fucking dementia. no time remains for the In a minute's time, the two winos stopped calling over to the balcony and clattered down the alley and away. Eric and Sid stand and listen to the inviolable song issuing from all parts, the two swaying as faintly as the tree and keeping time with the ice cubes in an uncertain signature. From above, the party of maybe five or six. From the surrounding blocks, the traffic and the polka thud of Teano. The vibrations now shaking away everything but the perfect little worlds so we keep secreted for our own nourishment. The belts of Jack Daniels grow deeper as the ice tempers its kick. To have the right balcony is to have all the world's balconies. Eric looks at what there is of the skyline through the branches. Then he looks at the cars and boats being stored in the weeds below. Any minute now he will appear behind the windscreen of the best-kept fishing boat, and its outboard will spring to life with no beckoning, and Eric will wheel it out onto the street through the chain link fence that falls apart like string. The asphalt will roll like mercury under the bow, The blotchy yellow skyline will be laced with a honeycomb of tidy docks against which the silver streets lap. The dock workers will have jaunty hats and will not be overly busy. One of them will call down to him as he pulls up to the dock. The crates will be polished with rope handles and pleasant logos in faded orange. Eric's lower lip is glistening wet and his big head is slightly nodding as a man sleeping in fits in an airport concourse chair. That, it was a selection from Get Tight, Get Loose, 13 Paintings of a Man at Drink. This freaking thing I wrote 14 years ago, here's the the, the basic deal. I have to get at least a tank of gas out of this damn podcast this year. It has to happen. So what I'm doing to sweeten the pot for you, to anybody who donates for the rest of May, I'm unlocking all the audio episodes of this weird sketchbook I made of my drinking life when I was in my late 20s. Publishers didn't want it because it didn't have a plot but I just wanted to paint and paint I did so if you'd like a few of those brush strokes there's a donate there's a donate page at breakupgamingsociety.com hit me up with anything I'll, I'll unlock the episodes and every time a new one uh, gets recorded you can listen to all 13 chapters while you drink while you fall asleep while you I don't know solder things together people have hobbies right? At least I do. And mine is Breakup Gaming Society, home to America's least responsible board game podcast. I am your host and tour guide, the Colonel Hector Bravado. This is a good one because uh, I I was tired. So I just let other people pick all the stuff I was going to talk about in my three big buckets, which are board games, booze, hip hop. Not necessarily in that order. First of all, let's talk about... Uh, the, the the booze, we finally completed the cycle of uh, cocktails that I, quote-unquote, invented in homage to the chaos gods of Warhammer 40,000. I did the first three back on previous, previous episodes. They weren't good. They were stunts in a glass. They were puke. But on the last one, I wanted to be good, so I reached out to a friend who knew what he was doing to try to honor Zeench the the god of change, the architect of fate, and boy did he come through. Then game of the week, I'm going to talk about three games that my young cousins made me play after their father's memorial service in Chicago a few weeks ago. And then lastly, track of the week, once again, I gave up the wheel to a, a, a dude on Twitter who's got a lot more hip-hop knowledge than me. And, uh, DJ Servo doesn't miss. But first, you're going to hear an ad for the Talking Smack podcast, a member of my podcasting family, a.k.a. The Brain Trust. Here it comes. Do you love comics, movies, video games, and more? We do, too. Come tune in to Josh and our cast of colorful co-hosts on Talking Smack, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. There you go. If you'd like to be in the company, some charming people who just like to turn over every stone, like as promised in superheroes. Let me see if I can do this from memory: movies, animation, comic books. I think I got that. That's 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 the SMAC in talking smack, and um, I kind of got drawn into the story of the poor person who was talking about. She's an illustrator. Broke her arm, and then. Tripled the fun by reading a manga that made her depressed. (laughs) And and the conversation gets better from there. There's a lot of people in this lane. But these nerds are mine. Because they're brain trust people. Give them a listen if you want a good uh, rotating cast. Anchored by, I believe, Josh. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. My brain is like 500 feet behind my mouth. Usually it's at least 50, but today it's just incredibly bad. I'm My frame rate or my thoughts is nothing. That doesn't change the fact that Talking Smack's a good podcast. Here comes Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. So a little Warhammer 40,000 lore to try to imagine, help you imagine what for me is the magnitude of this week's Drink of the Week. So, in the world of Warhammer Forty Thousand, which is stupid, there are four Chaos Gods—horrible, horribly evil entities—who are quite powerful. Nurgle, the Plague God; Slaanesh, the Pleasure God; Khorne, the the Bloodshed God. That's K H O R N E. No, they didn't call something name a god after near of corn. Shut up. But the last one, and I invented in previous episodes, shots for all of these. And they were they were grotesque. So I wanted to put a capstone on this that was actually worthy of it. So I turned to my friend at Skirt Vonnegut, one of my funniest pals on Twitter. And also, as I lurked on his uh, timeline for months and months, realized this person really knows what he's doing in the kitchen. So I'm like, what if my tribute to Zinj, who is the architect of fate, the changer of ways? Imagine he's like the Peter Baelish god, Mister Plans within plans within plans. You could serve him half your life and not even realize it. Well, I said, what if Skirt Vonnegut? That's at S K R R T Vonnegut, like the author. What what if Skurt like put together a cocktail. All I knew was that I was that I wanted. I knew the title because it was Zinch. I wanted it to be it to be called "Inoculation Against Predictability." So Skirt just kind of goes in the laboratory of his head and recommends I do the following: taking about an ounce and a half of uh, what he said mellow corn bourbon. I don't know quite what he went meant by mellow corn. I just assumed it was some kind of pervert commie thing, so I didn't pay attention to it and just got a bottle of basil Hayden, which is a good forty dollar ish go to fifth. Ounce and a half of that. Quarter ounce of Galliano. That's the have you ever seen the gigantic spire of a liqueur bottle? Then you've seen a Galliano. It, it it's it's so Italian. Like we don't care about your little cocktail shelf. We want to make it the bottle. Beautiful, eh? It's it, it's it's a cathedral, not a not a bottle, and it has a, uh, uh, what are they, an, an, an herbal liqueur in it. So quarter ounce of that. Then he calls for a quarter ounce of goldschlager, which is a very high proof, cinnamon cinnamony uh, kind of schnapps like liqueur. You've seen goldschlager, and then he says a few dashes of cocoa bitters, cocoa flavored uh, bitters from the Angostura brand. And he says I should shake all that shit up and strain it into a, into a glass. And at this point, I'm thinking, this really is a Zinch drink. Because I finally came into some money, and I got all the ingredients home, and I'm looking at them on the table I think, I've been tricked. The concept, such as it is for this cocktail, was me trying to vault myself to fame on the back of a mixologist and then them just naming a stupid drink, just to see if I'd buy all the things. Which I did. But I followed his instructions, and here's what happened. Oh, and, and my method was, I I, st- I went by Sonic, and I got a bag of their pellet ice. That's what I like when I'm making cocktails. I keep forgetting to get it, but I shook it with Sonic ice. That was my my contribution. I, I, I strained it in the, into the glass, nice and cold. First thing I get, strong cinnamon nose from that Goldschlager. Then there's this slushy middle where where the bitters presented themselves, and you, get, and you get kind of a cocoa taste. And then something really weird happens with that Galliano and the Basil Hayden bourbon. It's like they fucked and made some kind of unrecognizable baby. I mean, the, the, they play nice, and somehow managed to form a distinct and pleasant strata along with uh, the Schlager and the Bitters. And I liked it so much, I probably had, I don't know how many of them I had. When I woke up, the doors to my house were still open, all the accent lighting in my kitchen was on, and and I pronounced it a roaring success. That uh, so, so once again, to review, ounce and a half bourbon, Quarter ounce Galliano, quarter ounce Goldschlager, few dashes of cocoa bitters. Shake that all up, strain it into a glass. I would also recommend, although you can omit this step if you like, chasing it with a little psilocybin, which I think I did. But in either case, that is the Inoculation Against Predictability, the fourth and final Breakup Gaming Society cocktail tribute to the ruinous powers of Warhammer 40,000. Thank you once again at Skirt Vonnegut, for actually <laughs> helping, helping me do a quality original drink creation on this show for once. We're going to talk games next. Game of the Week. Games of the Week. The setting, imagine, if you will, is a weekend in Chicago not long ago where my mom's side of the family has converged for a memorial for her brother, one of her brothers, my uncle, and father to three of my favorite people in the world, my cousins, and memorial or no memorial, and then these beautiful boys are, in my opinion, too young to not have any parents left, but such was the fact. But after a crowded day of everything, one of the ways we hang together when I do get to see these beautiful boys is we play board games rain or shine, and I'm pretty sure that among his many achievements, these three young men were probably, not probably, hands down, top three things he ever had a hand in, for sure. So what were the games? During a busy afternoon at the house, We played the crew. Now, back in episode 39, uh, Jake, who is the middle of the three, came onto the show and broke down for me how to uh, what you know the what the appeal was of uh, this cooperative trick-taking game that takes place in space and uh, in a in a kind of space where, true to form, everything is going wrong a lot of the time, and it abstracts you and your fellow astronauts trying to run around and stop crises by uh, taking um, certain tricks of numbered cards that represent your ability to respond to the crises he said that it was something that had really caught fire in in, in his in his uh, board game group out in New Jersey and they played it a lot of times and um, basically it's it was fun now he and his big brother. Ah, oh, fuck. I called him Jake, Justin. There was a stupid thing where everybody in uh, my mom's side of the family, my mom was one of five siblings, their last name started with a J. And Grandpa thought it'd be cute to give their first names all J sounds, which was just an alliterative nightmare because you can see grandpa gets mad and you don't even know what he he's just. J-j-j-j-j. But my uncle, God rest his soul, carried on the tr- tradition with Jake, Justin and Jason. It was, in fact, Justin ju- 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 ju, who came on in episode 39 and told me about the crew and then put it in a suitcase and, and played it with Jesus Christ. Jesus wasn't one of them. It was Jesus, Justin, Jose, <sighs> fucking hell known these people half my life. I can't, I can't remember their names. Back to the crew. Now, Jake and Justin were old tactical hands at this. And they quickly walked me through sort of a basic vanilla, you know, make sure certain people take certain tricks to avert the crisis. But then the game has ways to layer on conditions, like certain cards can't come out, certain players can't take kind of tricks to represent the rising uh, extremity of the things that your space crew is facing. Now, with me on the team, everybody quickly died, but I can tell you this, it's a neat game that I'd won on my shelf. Fast moving, fun, collaborative, and here's one of the cool tricks. Justin talked about this back in episode 39. Being that it is a crisis state, you're not really allowed to collaborate too closely, and your your ability to communicate is rationed to you via these uh, comms chips, so um, which, by the way, allow you to communicate, um, again, via marker, what you're communicating. You can't just lay down a comms chip and start blabbering. You have to let them know that subtly signal you're looking for high or low cards or a certain kind of suit. Because, yeah, comms are rough. There are asteroids crashing into the place where you're trying to sleep and eat. So there's not, there's not always you know good helmet-to-helmet connections. Good game. So let's go forward in the evening. The, the memorial has concluded. And Jake, Justin, Jason, and Jason's girl, Danny have all converged in the lobby of the hotel where Jason and I are staying. And we played two more games. One was called Libertalia. I had actually played this one before uh, during its original re- release. I bought it for a friend. He learned it, brought it over in Libertalia. You're a crew of pirates playing a three-phase game where you're trying to divvy up loot. And uh, it's, it's a role selection game. And it's really cool. And first of all, I'm not sure who reissued it or why, but, you know, I'm starting to get in my cups. These boys walk in with a gigantic sack of strong craft beer. And uh, I also had a big bottle of uh, Maker's cask strength. And and we were, we were going at it. In Libertarian, the, the, the upgrade, they, I couldn't keep my hands, and I, sometimes I was having a hard time remembering what I was supposed to be doing because some of the types of treasure uh, look like Starburst with intriguing little glyphs on it, and the coins are all metal, and it's just a beautiful game to look at and to touch. But let's talk about how it plays. Basically, your hand is full of different crew members, each with a certain kind of effect. And uh, you have to pick them in secret. They put it all on eight spaces on a boat, then you roll them and resolve their effects, jockeying for initiative, trying to pick the right character to use for certain kind of scoring strategies. Some are short-term sugar rush characters, such as it is, that give you a quick payoff. Some are have a little more complicated effects that let you... Play for uh, longer prizes, and they'll actually stick around in your hand. You redeal hands multiple times during the game, and you get new sets of characters. Now, some and some some of them, depending on how you play your earlier hands, stick around and become part of your coterie, your bag of tricks. Really fun. Wanted it. To, wanted to play it again. At, I, you know, those game groups that get together and play six, seven, eight game, different games over a long session. I. it's not me. I'm a slow enough study that once I start to get my head around something, I want to play it again to see if I can incrementally improve. You know, because the first few are for mechanics, and then maybe I start to get strategy. But no, they took the Starburst pieces away from me and brought out a light version of Mysterium. We talked about Mysterium also on this show dozens and dozens of episodes ago with my Colorado Springs crew in Mysterium. Once again, we're back in the land of cooperative games. In Mysterium, one player is a ghost of a person who has been murdered. It's that person's job, too, without communicating with the other players. You're only allowed to communicate via pictures. And you're trying to guide all the other players, which are clairvoyants, trying to solve the murder, through three tiers of clues to try to get the answer. It's a good game. It's beautifully designed. There's not a thing wrong with it. And after that night, they, again, they had the light version. I can't remember what it was called. In my mind, I just keep calling it Mysterium Jr. And I even own the original big box one. And I've decided after three, four plays now, it's not my thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. but, And I finally figured out why. Its, its central mechanic does not engage me. Throw me in almost any kind of game where I don't know what I'm doing, but I can still see some sort of physical reaction, so to speak, of pushing something on a board and watching it go. I've started a resource. I started a village. I played a card that did this and X, Y, Z. And that's, or, you know, I moved into an adjacent territory. Even if I'm not doing the right thing or going in the right direction, I can see something happening and my mind starts to, to turn on what I'm doing but the central mechanic of mysterium which is guessing <laughs> by the end of the night I was so faded that uh Justin I remember at one point Justin was yelling at me in the, lo- the in the deserted lobby of this hotel is like his hand as you could see the his jaw clenching like Nate this is the third round of clues I've given you. I don't know what else to do for you. And the fact is, I don't give a fuck what the ghost is trying to say. At a, at a very foundational level. I don't want to play guessy. What? I was supposed to figure out that the one little thing in the picture went blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fuck that. I just don't care. The whole Mysterium shtick is not for me. Which is not to say you shouldn't try it. It's a pretty game, and a lot of people love it for good reason. So there it is. Um, The three game day that um yeah I guess there's a movie about it. I think it was called Three Three Board Games and a Funeral starring Hugh Grant and my uncle Rest in peace. Track of the get this barbershop quartet bullshit out of here. What the hell? Yeah, is this supposed to be a got a going on. Geritol boy blue. band Fangle you got going on here? Why why that is kind of stupid. Fucking it's next. Starved. Relax and take a seat. Oh, Sit back and play it. the beats yeah. and blast it in your Jeep. It's the, it's track, the track of the week. I'm ratchet in the streets. Talk trash to the geeks. Get smacked in the beat. It's the track of the week. Hip-hop Twitter. Severely degraded my enjoyment of hip-hop. It's because the algorithm rewards shit behavior and dumb arguments. I was so excited about connecting with middle-aged heads, and I finally did. But you have to wade through some noise first. And after a while, you start to find and connect with dudes like at Serve one That's D-J-S-E-R-V, numeral one. Boy, is his account refreshing. When everyone else is still doing their goat arguments and their... So-and-so, blah-blah-blah, arguing the nuances of which verse could have beat what verse off of this album. Pick one, you have to throw the other three away. Why do people do that? You can only keep one. Fuck, don't tell me what I can keep. Give me something to be joyful about. So serve one. Just shows the product. 99% of his tweets are just him taking a video, dropping a needle on a... Th- Great piece of underground or golden era hip hop. Some of my favorite hip hop tracks uh, I, that I have on my on my mix mix now on my shuffle or stuff stuff I got from Serve. Most notably, oh God, it was a, oh, it was Lord Finesse. This track I'd never heard before. I probably played it twenty not twenty times. So this week, I reached out to Serve and like. Serve. Why don't you tell us what might tell us what our track of the week is? I'm tired. You drive. And for the second time, a guest picker picked Billy Woods. Back on episode 19, one of my young co-hosts, John, A.K.A. They Who Thirst, turned me on to Billy Woods. Showed up with the man who would be king, and I was impressed. I haven't had the because there's so much stuff to either broadly sample or drill down in I haven't spent a lot of time time with him since but that was an impressive track it was ferocious and it was bold it was art so I reached out to serve and I'm like what's a what do you think people should be listening to and he picked heavy water by Billy woods that also f- features Breeze Bruin and LP and I am still trying to figure out what this song is doing to my nervous system. There's so much going on here. It's like somebody got a malicious AI to take a picture of one of Jackson Pollock's bad dreams and just sprayed it across a track. It's menacing. Now keep in mind, I'm biased today. Because the older I get, I can't just roll around on no sleep. I get a bad night's sleep, I start to feel like I'm losing my mind by mid-afternoon, and all of a sudden, this dark and turgid thing kicks off where there's so much just rumbling along in the background, and then... Just some crazy rhyme craft. Avenger out here, gaslight and cadavers shutter with lightning. Villages, apathetics, some proud sounds that piped in. The film black and white, who better to play the niggas than white men? Mexican meth in the old west. The play within the play was G Deppers as Macbeth. Ashanti Gold on Queen Elizabeth neck, scarification across both breaths. there are some schemes and cadences on here that are really inventive and wild and urgent. And by the way, when I asked Serve, I was like, why this track? His main reason, he told me, was he just really liked uh, this group of underground legends that Billy Woods pulled together on this track. And as I've, I've listened to it a few more times since my last entry, and I, I just I'm gonna just a thank DJ serve one at DJ serve one, follow him on Twitter if your uh playlist uh, for underground, great underground, and golden era tracks is subpar, which I almost guarantee you it is. You might think it's good, then you listen to serve, be like, oh, we've all got a lot to learn, anyway. Uh, yeah. I just want to zero back in on a couple th- wild things the productions the production does where if you're like in an emotionally balanced space it's amusing and spicy but if you're a little shaky <laughs> you start looking around for uh egregoires in the corner <laughs> here it comes Lunch in the box, maybe don't talk, run, hoof it Make it all stop, Eminence, front talk Butcher, good in the crunch, you know this bunch, walk, hooking. it Raising the raise, of a and star Hooking, better be quick, Come on the last clip Swing, front to the flames, back to the black pit Weapons, steadily aim couldn't be tamed to reckless And there you have it, a second and final selection of Heavy Water by Billy Woods and Friends As mentioned in the first part of this uh, episode. This is the year I gotta turn a buck or two. Off writing that's loosely associated with the areas of interest of this podcast. So I'm gonna make a small bid to seduce you again. Here's how it works. Uh, I wrote a gang of unpublished fiction. Semi-autobiographical stuff about my bar going life circa 1998. Now, is the main character, who's essentially me, admirable? Nah. Looking back, I was kind of cringe. But the painting, I think, is still good if you just like the sound of my sentences. Just go on to uh, Donate, and I'll unlock all of the ongoing vignettes for you. I think I've recorded six or seven of the 13. You just put them on go to sleep to my tales of degeneracy, I'm going to hit you with another free sample. Here we go. Uh, this one is called uh, The Loser's Kama Sutra. I can't remember which quote-unquote chapter it is, or even if I've recorded it, but this particular passage is uh, focuses on a hangover day, and more aptly um, how somebody in the middle of a bad hangover who has spending half the day trying to contend in flashes of memory what an absolute fool they were the night before, until finally you get onto the welcome shores where the only thing left to do is is eat eat and sleep. Here's a here's a snippet from it. But real hunger came again at last, and the falling light of evening settled his mind down, and the great giant calzone and the even bigger soda were delivered, and there was T V besides. With the half-eaten monster drying out on the coffee table in its funeral barge of delivery packaging, Eric teased himself awake during the mid-evening programming. Foreplay to the end game in the ripe sheets, inverting the TV's urgent intonations to a soothing patter and drifting off for ten minutes at a time. Finally, at 1 a.m., an infomercial appeared in the middle of his thirsty slumber like a pillar of badly grafted organs and limbs howling and spurting in the center of the room. Eric finally silenced the thing and shuffled, bent over to the bedroom. Teetering at the sweet edge of sleep, hoarding the sucker of total exhaustion before the quick slide to Sunday, he will not let himself fall. His pillows are rich with the slough of hair products and drool and booze sweat. Now comforting in an envelope of fatigue that he cultivates thusly, knocked out by a shell blast is usually the first routine, Eric can slumber while the enemy advances over there in the dust with his pack, inert and forgotten, while everyone else has to fight on in the lulls between counterattacks and counter counterattacks. It is critical somehow that these battles are not decisive and that opposing forces will wash back and forth along the pitted landscape, around the smashed vehicles where his puppet, his soldier self, seeks respite. Everything must be aloft, in the stir the dust not yet settled and clattering enemy armor rolling by in search of targets that aren't him. But it's not doing the trick. Short selection from the Loser's Kama Sutra from Get Tight, Get Loose, Thirteen Paintings of a Man at Drink. Yours for whatever price you can bid. This has been the Colonel Hector Bravado, with Breakup Gaming Society thanking you for listening and wishing that you will fight long and well.